Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. We have a Facebook page. We would appreciate it if you like and follow. Also, join our discussion group on Facebook called After the Shadows. We have a Twitter feed. Please follow us on Twitter. It can be found with at podcast underscore from. Follow us on Instagram at From the Shadows Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar on YouTube and put From the Shadows Podcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at odyssey1.com. We're still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. We also have a Patreon page. It can be found at www patreon.com forward slash from the shadows you can receive books stickers coffee mugs and special content just for our patreon subscribers check it out for yourself and see what packages that we have to offer well that's all i have for you right now folks and thanks for being a part of the from the shadows podcast family so with that being said let's get this episode started Hey, welcome everybody to this episode of the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove, and with me deep, deep in the bowels of the From the Shadows podcast studios is the judge. Good afternoon. (laughs) You put a lot of pressure on me for an intro, and I I, I wasn't prepared for it. That's what happens when you're deep in the bowels. I'm deep in the bowels. There's a lot of pressure. And man man in the mixing board is super producer Jason. What's happening? Greetings, everybody. I'm doing well. How about yourself there, host? Hey, it's almost Christmas, so I'm uh, I'm glad that uh, it's almost Christmas. Have you delivered <laughs> enough packages? Are you really Apparently not. Of if it? you look online and see the dissatisfaction for the majority. I don't know, but I saw a picture of just, it's on Facebook. It's just, <laughs> just miles of undelivered mail, and they're saying, come on, postman. Let's do it. Listen, do I, your I deliver everything that comes my way. All I just right. got a medical bill from five years ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. What are we all gathered here today for? We're here to talk about the post office, right? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Think again. <laughs> well, um, we I'm super excited after talking to our guest. Um, I came across this story on one of the you know many Bigfoot Facebook pages that I uh, check out. And uh, his story just jumped right out. And then after talking to him, I knew we had to have we had to have him on the show. So, joining us to tell his um, very uh, interesting couple Bigfoot stories is Jim from Oklahoma. Jim, how you doing today? 
I'm doing wonderful. Uh, great to be on, and and uh, and Merry Christmas coming up to you, man. Oh, thank you, thank you, you as well. Yes, exactly. Merry Christmas to you too. So, Jim, you want to? Um, let's just jump right in, man. Tell Interestingly us. Interestingly enough, Oklahoma is a hot spot for Sasquatch sightings. Yes, it is. And you wouldn't right. think that. Right. Been to yeah. Oklahoma, I would not think that. But <laughs> but apparently, you you do the research and you watch the shows. Oklahoma is a hotbed for for Sasquatch. Yeah, and I think once Jim gets into it and he explains kind of where his sightings took place, it's even more of a, kind of a strange situation. So, all right. So, Jim, Jim right. you want to jump in? Well, man? yeah. What what you mentioned was Oklahoma being a hot spot. I was born and raised in McAllister, Oklahoma. It's in southeastern Oklahoma, and Hobnobia, which they have the Bigfoot festivals there, um, the Muddy Boggy uh, Creek area. Uh, people there call places the Bugaboo, uh, which they say mythical creatures. Atoka is in southeastern Oklahoma. There. Uh, mascot is a wampus cat, a mythical, yeah. yeah, yeah, that is their mascot. Uh, so that's kind of where I was born and raised. Now, flash forward to now, you know, I'm 54, I live in Oklahoma City, and uh, I'm an avid kayaker, I kayak uh, a lot, not near as much as I used to, uh, but uh. This North Canadian River cuts through Oklahoma, slices through kind of the top corner down to the bottom corner. And it's not a, it used to not be a popular river to float, but my business partner and best friend of mine, and I always floated it. Well, I floated 200 miles uh, a stretch of that river, not at the same time, all at different points. Uh, And part of it cuts through the edge of actual Oklahoma City. And it is a uh, property called the Stinchcomb Wildlife Refuge. And uh, a family donated it years ago. I have no stories in my life from growing up in the Callister, southeastern Oklahoma area. Uh, no stories on this 200 miles of river that I've floated for thousands and thousands of accumulative miles, uh, except in this mile and a half or so of the stench cone. And that's by, that's on the edge of Oklahoma city. It's on the edge of Oklahoma city. So here's a little fun fact about Oklahoma city. And if I totally blow this, Jim, you jump in and cut me off. But I once was in Oklahoma city for a, for a, for a wrongful death case. It was a, it was a a car seat case. That's not a very fun fact. No, it's not. It wasn't. But while I was there, a cab driver told me that Oklahoma City is so big, stretched out so wide, that you could put New York City with inside its borders like seven times. Yeah, it is. It is either the largest or it's in the top three. Land mass. Uh, yeah, land mass wise. So, interesting fact about that is that because there's it's so big and there's 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 forest within the city and all this stuff that the cab driver told us that there were no vice cops out at night no vice no cops vice out cops at, at night. night because you, you just you know you, you know for 
for our listeners out there, this is a family show, but vice <laughs> cops are, are police officers, women pretending to be hookers. And, you know, they bust people trying to pick up hookers. Well, they, they quit doing that because it's so big that you could just disappear. Like they could snatch you and you just disappear. It's very dangerous. Right, right. Because it's just, it's so big. Yeah. It is. It is huge. You don't Jesus get anywhere quick. Right you don't get anywhere. Jesus. Yeah, you don't. Get, <laughs> you I'm don't get anywhere notes. quick here. Uh, tell him to go down by the state capitol. He, he, gotcha. he capitol. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, on these trips, like I said, I can't. Ex- there's nothing I can't explain or, or pass off as something else. I want to tell the listeners that. And this is no disrespect to anybody or anything. I I don't consider myself a Bigfooter. I've never left my home in search of Bigfoot. Like I said, no disrespect to anybody that has. I find it quite fascinating, to be honest with you. But what I'm going to say is just what happened uh, while I was floating. Um, And uh, when you're floating, I want to add that you're stealth. If you're not talking and you're not paddling, there is no sound. Uh, you must be well be a, a stick or a log floating in, on the water. And that's uh, how my one eye sighting, eye, eye sighting happened, uh, was uh, floating uh, probably about 11 o'clock at night. Uh, there were four of us, my wife and two close friends, and the two close friends was lagging behind. And we didn't know how far back they were, so uh, we we was uh, we wasn't paddling. We were just trying to let them catch up. So in the meantime, we was just taking in the sights and sounds. When I float at night, I call it in stereo because you hear all the the coyotes and the owls hooting. The bat uh, the bats will swoop down around you and things like that. I just love floating at night, um, and this night, I was about 12 uh, foot off of the bank uh, towards the middle, and uh, my late wife was skirting along the edge of uh, the river bank because it was just a straight drop off, and she was literally, you know, uh, probably scratching the edge of the sand right there at the bank uh, every now and then, but... Um, I noticed a dark figure on the edge of um, the bank, but I didn't take any note of it. I just immediately looked away and was looking off to my left, uh, my wife being on my my right-hand side. And um, all of a sudden, I just heard her let out probably the biggest gasp I've ever heard anybody let out. So I jerked my head to my right to look at her. And she had jerked her head around to look at me because she was looking to her right as well. Um, So she didn't see anything after a a certain point. And I didn't really see anything before a certain point. And that was that she had her kayak or her paddle sitting on top of her kayak in front of her. And she seen this supposed bush coming up so she moved her paddle as not to connect with the bush and it caused a a little scratch sound on top of the kayak 
And that's when everything went crazy. Um, and I say crazy, it's just crazy that it happened. It, it wasn't a, a big hoopla deal, but it was just that it was a Bigfoot. It wasn't a bush. It was a Bigfoot drinking out of the river. And when it heard the scratch, it jerked its head to stare at her. And they were three foot apart. They could have, they could have literally touched one another. Um, so what was the visibility like? You said it was 11 o'clock at night. What was the, you know, obviously different times of the year, the different moon phases and things like that. How clear was it? At night? Well, it was, it was okay. You get a glow off of the city. So I never use flashlights at night. I mean, unless I'm doing something intricate, trying to tie something or something like that, I never use flashlights at night. I hate them. And, and out there on the river uh, where I'm talking about in the Stinchcomb, you get a glow off of the city. So there's a, a, a light, a little bit of light. And then sometimes you get a, a good moon glow. But for her, she could tell you every detail uh, within that one second or whatever that she was staring right at it, they locked eyes and went, she went into kind of like a shock. I couldn't get her to even speak a word for probably five, 10 minutes after this all happened. So was it but, all uh, fours or was it just, like no, squat? no, I, I, it was just squatted, just a squat, like a catcher squat. That's why it looked like a bush because it was just all, you know, low and, and together. And it was just reaching down with its hand and scooping water. It, it literally had a scoop of water in its hand when she did the scratch and they caught eyes together. But so they look at each other. Uh, it's, when I get her to talk, it's brown, it's hairy, doesn't have much hair on its face, but some, and its eyes were just, she said, just insanely piercing eyes. It was just like, and they were coppery, orangey eyes. But like I said, again, she was right on it. And that's her take and her end of it because she turned to look at me. She never saw it stand. She never saw it move at all after that point. She just saw that one part. Oh, that's a bush. I'm my paddle's going to get caught up in it if I don't move it. Bam! This is something so crazy. This is so basically, you guys were in stealth mode as you described. Yeah, and it did not know you were coming because you were in it stealth is. mode, mm -hmm. and she. Mm -hmm touched it with the paddle <laughs> thinking that she was going to hit a bush and it right. it as much as right we snuck up I, I know this isn't a popular probably a popular opinion amongst bigfooters but we literally snuck up on it well you know, but, you, I, but you know you saying that though that's not the first time i've heard that where right. people have come up upon them in the river squatted down drinking, drinking or catch, trying to catch a fish and because uh, of the noise of the river and the activity they're doing, they have no idea that you're um, it, it, And it seems to me like, I think I told you before, that any time that we catch a uh, fisherman or anybody like that off guard, they always seem to be slightly canted downstream. Yeah. 
their body language, their body uh, positioning is always slightly, for whatever reason, canted downstream. Well, you you know, the thing about it is, if and I'm assuming that a Sasquatch would have a heightened sense of, you know, smell, hearing, and stuff like that. But but that's out in the woods, and... Even though it's on the, in the it, city. It's in the city, but yeah, because it'll come to the city. But, but that's when it's in its environment and it's moving and, it, and it, it knows there's the possibility it could come across a human. I mean, 11 o'clock at night, stealthy in, in number, a, in, I'm sure this thing had no idea that it could accidentally come across a human. Well, let me say that in 20 years, now I've floated it now for 30-something years, but at the time, about 20 years of floating it, I never saw another person float it at night, ever, never. Yeah, I think they would so, be somewhat dangerous. Well, because maybe, perhaps. How, how deep is that river? Oh, generally, if you, <laughs> generally, if you fall out, you stand up. Okay. Oh, okay. But 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 it is known. Back in the day, in the old days, it was known as the something something killer river. Because flash floods come out of nowhere, yeah. and you, never, you, know, you never know—you fall out and you hit your head on a rock and get knocked out. I don't care if it's if it's six inches of water; you could drown. So, so right, right. So now your so your wife lets out a gasp. You guys meet eyes. Now you yeah, got eyes on this thing. I, then what? well, actually, I don't see it. It's directly behind her. Oh, okay. so I I just start kind of in a maybe a little slightly animated voice saying, "What? What?" What, what? Because I wasn't used to her being upset or startled. She's always was like an even keel type deal, never cries, never uh, is shocked hardly by anything or wasn't. And uh, while I'm saying what, it slowly stands up behind her and still it can touch her. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm immediately in awe, terrified, uh, don't know what's going to happen next. Felt hopeless and helpless. And if it wants to do whatever it wants to do to my wife right now, there's nothing I can do about it. But it stand, stood slowly, did a 180 in two steps, and blended into the forest and was gone. It never made a peep, never made a sound. I think it was, like I said, I think it was startled. And shocked uh, by the uh, by us sneaking up on it, you know, totally by accident, um, and, and that's pretty well what happened uh, on my thirty plus years of floating the North Canadian River. Of my one, where I say I had an eye sighting and saw it personally, and you, you were asking about uh, detail and stuff. Me being at the night and all that, me being twelve foot away. It was uh, less detail, more outline. Uh, I, I could easily make out the size, the shape, the, that it had long hair, all those things. But so, the finer details, so like the nose. No that what you saw was not a person. Zero. Like I said, floating for 20 years, if it was a person, I always tell my friends or anybody asked me about it, what was the joke? Because I'd have crapped my pants if it had yelled and waved its arms or did any animated deal. I'd have fell out of my car. I wouldn't have known what to do. 
uh, and the guy would have had a funny story and a funny video. But I tell people it was a man in a monkey suit or it was a Bigfoot. I don't care which one you think. We didn't shake hands. We didn't swap spit. Believe what you want to believe. I'm just telling you my story and that I know for 20 years that I floated no one else, seeing no one else. Whoever dressed up in a big giant ass uh, suit and would walk out there through heavy, heavy marshes and, and thick brush and all of that to sit on the bank shooting long, long odds that somebody was going to come floating by, period. Well, the other thing is it harkens back to the original Star Star Wars and the Chewbacca suit where they were scared to death to get it wet. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, that would just make no no sense. It's one thing to go out and to play a trick. It's another thing to go out and sit in the river in in that. I mean, oh, my gosh. So what – So, and it's Oklahoma, and you get yourself shot. Yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so what's then the discussion between you and your wife? Well – I did a, you know, I kept on what, what I need, I need to know what you saw. You were right there. I need to know. It was just like a, oh my God, you know, because, and we'll probably get into it, but all these other things have happened to me, uh, before this eye sighting and some after, but you know, I didn't, I didn't see those things or hear those things or those things happen to me. And go, oh, that was a Bigfoot. That had to have been a Bigfoot because I'm just not that kind of guy. I didn't, I'm not, I'm, I, I still, after all these things that have happened and everything else, I don't consider myself a Bigfooter. I consider myself a person that loves to go kayaking that in this one spot, I keep having things happen over and over and over. I've had them happen with my late wife, had them happen with a past girlfriend. And my, my current girlfriend, uh, we just had an experience probably two months ago. And since those initial 20 years of not seeing anybody floating and all of that stuff, it's completely changed out there now. Like, you know, I was on the show Finding Bigfoot. And I don't want to pat myself on the back or say anything because I don't, I don't really care. But uh, that's when it started becoming really popular. I would see people on the bank and they were go, you're the guy on finding Bigfoot. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh man, pull over for a second and just tell me, am I in the right area? Am I looking the right way? Or, and then you should have told everybody, no, it's like three. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, three dude. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you the one that they all want. All I mean, like three or four uh, people uh, asked me just in the, in the randomness of asking about the show and all of that. There we go. Hey, is Renee as hot in person as she is on the show? <laughs> I would always get taken back by that. Well, I guess that's better than asking if Bobo is his. Oh, no person. doubt. <laughs> yeah. He's not my favorite. I'll hey, just he's say. He's your own man. Yeah. yeah. I only judge people professionally, not personally. These, ah. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, so but, t- you know, we were talking and, and I really couldn't get much out of her than when I did. It was just, you know, what she saw, what I've kind of already told you that, hey, I thought it was a damn bush. And, and uh, you know, I, I didn't I didn't know that. And then, you know, the brown and the hairy and the and the coppery orange eyes, she said, reminded her like a orangutan 
Now, type uh, eyes. Yeah, did they say, did she say anything about maybe was there a peculiar smell next to that bush? Well, at that, the that never got, the bush? that never got brought up. Okay. Never got brought up. And those orange, uh, like flecked eyes, uh, were they, she was able to tell that it was orange reflection because of the little subtle light that was around from the moonlight. Well, she was saying the actual color. Okay. Was an orangey, coppery type color. That's okay. how she. That's how she described it. Not that there was a reflection or anything like that. Okay, that's fascinating. Still, well, oh, based upon goodness. the size that you described, it isn't like, uh, you know, so, a primate could have escaped from the zoo. Or, yeah. you know, the, the, look. The bottom line is, there's a lot of people out there who who get primates when they're when they're little, and then these things become lethal at about age two. Mm-hmm. And well, decided, now, hey, listen, we're going to dump these things, and you know, but but from what you're describing, I think would be way too big to be in a right. In a now, what what you just said, I've seen a 15 foot python in this in this off of this river. In the there's marshes and swamps all off of this river, and then dry strips of land. Um, and I saw it was a maybe a late spring, early summer, something like that, a 15-foot python uh, in one of these marshes. And that's exactly what happened there. It probably didn't live through the first winter it faced. But it lo- the pl- this place looks, you know, we, we called it, we were floating uh, like it was back in the NAM because we were right there at the city, but it looked like you're in the middle of freaking nowhere and cattails and swamps and stuff. But someone, you know, that, that python outgrew someone, and it, hey, that, it looks like a great python habitat out there. I can't do anything else with this thing. And they took it out there and dumped it. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was driving from, from Mansfield back to Bucyrus and on Route 30, major, you know, major thoroughfare, and, and I'm driving, and I look, and they're sitting on the side of the road is this big bobcat. And, and bobcats are not indigenous, so I mean, I immediately call the sheriff's department. And the first thing they say is, oh, yeah, that's probably so-and-so's. It got out again. I'm oh, like, Lord. What, what, the, what the hell are you talking about? He got out again. He's not going to have this stuff. So, I mean, yeah, so there's, you know, there's things that there's they got things the right permits. Listen, they can was have it in now. Crawford County? Yeah. Then you the judge. Do something about it. I, I'm, not, I'm not the prosecutor's office or the police. I can't charge people. I can only deal with cases when they appear in front of me. Okay. Well, this is something we need to talk about off the air. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and look, and I'm sitting there. The thing is, it was just sitting there watching the traffic go by. And let me tell you something, yeah. it was big and well-fed. So it wasn't I've had like, a similar experience, oh. yeah. Uh, yeah, but the, 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 uh, the Bigfoot deal, you know, like I said, all the things that led up to it that are in the same area, um, the different people uh, that have said things and that have done things like the steel Bigfoot cutout. I believe I sent you a picture yeah. of that. Yeah, you sent me a picture. Yeah. Yeah, we'll end up putting that up on social media. So that by, yeah. by the way, there's one of those is you're going to uh, Mohegan, and uh, yeah. you're driving there. And I'll tell you what, I, it was it was broad daylight, and it made me it it it, it made me lurch. I was like, man, I'm telling you what. And the thing is, the way they do it is they they put the eye so that they'd be reflective at night. You're driving down this little road going up to Mohegan to Pleasant Hill Dam. I mean, you see that thing at night, it scared the hell out of you. It would. I was like, that's not, that's not a good joke, man. I, somebody wrecked your right. car. So, well, so now see, what was this it? cutout, this cutout is, is not a professionally done one. 
this is a guy that I've never talked to the guy. I've never saw the guy. I actually, and I know this is a no-no, but uh, I crossed his fence to go investigate what was going on. And he has a gun range set up out uh, in a field out beside the river where he just has a bunch of cardboard and targets and stuff like that. But for whatever reason, he was moved to take a big plate of steel, I mean a big one, and uh, cut out the shape and form of a Bigfoot, weld a little piece of rebar for his mouth. He's anatomically correct. He has a <laughs> he has a hand. Picture, that's what we're like. Yeah. yeah, he has he has a hand that's flipping you off that rotates. Like if you shot it, it would spin that hand. Mm, okay. It, there's a rod. There's a rod and a piece of pipe behind it that makes it like that. And then back in the day when I first found it, that picture that you're looking at is probably from about five six years ago. But when I first saw it, it was about fifteen years ago. It was painted brown, had a red kill sight on its chest, painted on its chest, and shot all those times. Obviously, this guy's got it out for Bigfoot. Why? Why it wasn't a bear or a boar or a deer or something that's might be around here. Why it was what I consider a Bigfoot because what I saw was six, 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 six plus maybe, and maybe 450, 500 pounds. Uh, and this thing happens to be, you know, probably seven foot and, uh, kind of shaped and everything like what I saw. And the fact that it has huge feet at the bottom, uh, it's like this guy is, has some encounter or some angst about Bigfoot. Bigfoot scared his old lady, killed his dog, did something for him to do this. That's oh, my yeah. opinion. No doubt. <laughs> now, that's yeah. not and, – and you said that's not very far then from that stretch on the river? It's actually adjacent to it. it, it he's the last property owner before the Stinchcomb starts. Okay. So, well, okay. So go ahead. Let's go back to the first time you had something happen that you didn't know what, what it was, but. Okay. Well, like I said, not being a big footer, I heard several, uh, sounds and howls and things that I'm like, mm, that's not a coyote. And that's not, you know, this or that, but I, I, I never took that leap. And then I started, I told you about the deer. In the 200-mile stre stretch, thousands of accumulative floated miles, I've never seen a dead deer on the bank anywhere on my travels except in the stench comb, and I found eight in the exact same spot. Like you could lay them on top of one another. Like, but I would see one one year. I would see one three months later. I would see one two years later. I'd see one three years later in the exact same spot. Me not being a big footer, I see a deer and think a uh, dead deer poacher. Someone's in here poaching deer. <laughs> so after the first couple, I started getting out and looking at them. No holes, no arrow, no no bullet, no blood, maybe other than the mouth. But bro, every bone in their body broke. Hmm. And I'm talking every bone. The legs were broke multiple times. Their uh, rib cage, when you would 
press in on its chest, it'd just be a bunch of crunching and mush. Um, like and uh, just grabbed this thing and just broke every bone in it and then didn't eat it. Well, like I said, well, maybe maybe three of the eight were partially mutilated, but the other, say, five uh, were still intact. <laughs> and one of them, you know, rigor mortis, had, and that happens quick with deer. Rigor mortis hadn't even set in, and it was still warm. That was the first one that I examined and and looked at, and I it 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 made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I mean, I got a real uncomfortable feeling, and that's the one that made me get out of my kayak on all the other ones, is because I wanted to see, hey, is this a thing? Is this you know, and what is this? Because I tell people these deer, multiple deer did not get hit by a car and get to this place. Something killed it and broke all its bones or people are dropping it from helicopters. You can take your pick. I don't care which. Uh, now, when I told the Bigfoot people this, Bobo said he had heard reports of Bigfoot's ambushing deer on game trail and would pick them up by the hind legs or front legs and beat them against a tree. Like a, like a, like a baseball bat. That's what he told. That's what he told me. So, uh, take that for whatever it's worth or whatever. Um, but, uh, so there's the eight dead deer in one place. There's all these unexpected explainable uh, sounds. There's the Bigfoot steel cut out by the uh, landowner adjacent to the property, but there were two rock throws. I'm going to start with this one that was uh, just two months ago. Number one, nothing's happened in a a few years, three, four years, maybe something like that, uh, that I couldn't explain or whatever. But, uh, the one two months ago with my current girlfriend, uh, we was floating up the river and we saw a beaver and it splashed its tail. We saw a couple of water moccasins, one dropped down out of the tree and started swimming. She was cool. Now let's, let's keep going. Let's go. You know, we, and again, we went out there hoping something happened. We was out there cause it's so freaking cool to float at night is why we were out there. And, uh, then all of a sudden, uh, we heard a little something, and, and I can't say what it was or even the sound, but something caught our, our attention. It might have been a like a like heaving something or whatever, but we looked in a direction, and here's like a 30, 40, 50-pound rock in the air, and then hits in the water, you know, coming in towards our direction. We was, we was a pretty good ways from this. Uh, I would say 50 foot maybe. Um, but uh, that's the thing that made her turn around. She was like, nope, I'm out. The snake didn't do it. The beaver didn't do it and all that. But this rock deal, because, of course, she knows all my stories. So she's like, oh, my God, you know, something's about to happen. Well, uh, it was dead silent. We just stopped for a second. It was dead silent. And I just let out a real loud yell in its direction and uh nothing happened it was it was still just dead silent there wasn't anything happened now the more interesting rock throw happened about six years ago past girlfriend 
at dusk and uh we were kind of yucking it up and talking and laughing or whatever and all of a sudden we hear a click 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 and it just a bunch of clicks made us look up to our right on an elevated uh 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 sandbar type deal and uh the clicking was this rock boulder whatever you want to say coming from inside the woods out directly towards us now it fell probably two to three foot short of hitting her it, it threw it directly at her i mean splashed all water all over her I, i'm probably three four foot on the other side of her it splashed water all over me and it was one of those big you know woof, where it uh but it would have killed her or broke whatever it hit it, it was a maybe a 40 pound rock. Well, at that time, nothing had happened for maybe four years or something like that. And my mouth just dropped. I knew immediately. I mean, it like the half second I, I saw it, I knew immediately what it was. Well, this girl had always heard my stories and she wanted to believe, but she want also wanted to see, she wanted proof. She wanted, you know, and before I knew it, she had banked her kayak, jumped out, and ran straight into the woods in the direction that rock came from. And uh, I was like, oh, damn, you know. So I, I pulled over, got out, walked up there. We're looking all around. There's nothing to see. Uh, it's getting darker. And uh, I tell her, you know something about this area here? There, there is no rocks there's not small rocks, medium rocks, big rocks. There is no rocks. And she was like, yeah, that is kind of weird that just one random 40 pound rock would come flying out of the woods, you know? So I said, Hey, listen, it's getting dark. We got to get the hell out of here. Got her back in the kayak. And, uh, I got a phone call. I had been posting. I always post pretty pictures from, you know, floats and things like that. And I had been doing that. And it was actually, uh, Garth Brooks's cousin, uh, a friend of mine, Jackie Brooks, called me on the phone and was like, hey, man, you're going to have to take me and my wife sometime. And I was like, hey, no problem. We'll do that. And then in the middle of this phone conversation, it was a and it was just something walking literally right beside us, but just out of the sight of view, a uh, view of it. You couldn't see anything, but my girlfriend started freaking out and <laughs> saying, you got to get off the phone. So I told him <laughs> that I had to get off the phone. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, and she started saying that's two legged. And I was like, you don't have to convince me. I, I know it's two legged. She was like, I've owned horses my whole life. That's not four legged. I was like, hey, Melissa, you, you know, I know what this is that's following us. And so we just silently kept going down the river and it probably followed us for like a quarter mile. And then it started veering off into the woods. So the, the footprints start, the footsteps started getting lighter and lighter. So we pulled over on the left bank and, uh, got out and I was like, what do you think now? And she was like, Oh my God, this is crazy. And, Right then, a doe started screaming. And I mean, I've killed a whole bunch of deer, and I know what they sound like and all of that. This one was in 
a fight for its life. It was insane. And uh, with the screaming, you could hear a, and then you could hear a, and it sounded like a fist hitting a pillow. And, And you could hear it just over and over. It wasn't a crack. It wasn't a slap. It sounded like a fist hitting a pillow, grunts, and a doe screaming for its life. And then in the middle of the, and when everything went silent and, uh, we didn't hear a peep after that. Um, and that's pretty well my, my Bigfoot experiences on the river. But like I say, it all added up when I, when I saw it for myself, you know, I probably had seen four or five, maybe six deer at the time. I had seen the Bigfoot cut out, uh, acquaintance of mine had told me of like a Bigfoot attack that happened right where I float. And he knew nothing about my stories or uh, anything else. It was completely unsolicited and believable and all that. I generally don't retell it because it's not what I saw. It's not my, I, I, I can speak with what I saw and what I experienced with a hundred percent, uh, uh, knowledge that that's a fact. That's why when the Finding Bigfoot crew came here to Oklahoma, number one, they came here because I called them. And Moneymaker called me back and said, we're coming to Oklahoma. And I was like, bulls, crap, you're not coming to Oklahoma. They were like, man, we'll be there. And he told me a date. It was like in a month and a half. It just happened real, real quick. But, uh, um, you know, I... I, uh, I don't know. It, it, it does leave me a bit baffled being from southeastern Oklahoma where there's miles and miles and miles of forest that you would think you were in the middle of Colorado or something like that, that there's places like I told you that the, the mascot is a, a mythical shape-shifting uh, cat and things like that. That's where I'm now, from. Be people argue there's nothing mythical about that. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. But, you know, if if I was to want to make up a story or anything like that from my childhood or anything like that, that's where it would be from. It wouldn't be from Oklahoma City, city limits. It, it, it just it baffles me. I, I'm at a loss for words almost on how and why other than it's it has to have a lot of food in that area. It's overran with deer. Uh the fact that all my experiences, except this last one where the last rock got thrown, but all the dead deer, the other rock throw, most of the sounds, the eye sighting, they've all been from what I consider the, the South or Southwest bank. And, uh, it's, it doesn't have public trails on it and things like that. It's a lot more, unless you swim the river or, you hike in from the backside or, uh, or, or on a kayak or some type of boat, you can't get to it. So that's where all, all mine happen. And I, I think it's pretty well hidden in this really relatively small spot. And, um, well, once again, I, th- I think if you've ever been to Oklahoma city and you, you actually have driven it and been there, you'd understand how huge it is. Yeah. And that, Literally, you're driving, and this just blew me away. I'm in a cab, and we're driving, and and you're in what appears to be a rural, I mean, a metropolitan area, 
And then right there in what appears to jump out in the middle of the city is a complete forest. Kind of yeah. like the Metro Park yeah. from Cleveland. I mean, but, but yeah, it's like, I mean, it's just unreal. And you're like, wait a minute. I thought I was just in the city. And the cab's like, yeah, you got to understand something. And I think, and I can't remember, I, like I said, I, either he said Chicago or New York City. said so you could hide either Chicago or New York City like seven times inside yeah. the, the, the geographical limits of Oklahoma City. It's so big. Yeah, we just keep annexing and annexing and annexing further out. Uh, so you hit Oklahoma City city limits and drive probably 10 miles of woods and farmland before you ever see Oklahoma City. Yeah, and that's considered the city limits. So, mm-hmm. so Jim, so now obviously none of your experiences have deterred you from getting back out there on the river and floating. Oh, no. Now, do you think if that episode with your uh, late wife would have been a little bit different would that have i mean because that could have gone bad real quick i mean does that ever go through your mind or oh yeah yeah like i said uh, that's all that that came over me when i saw it was pretty much fear and helplessness like if this thing decides to do something what am i going to do and you you were talking about shooting uh you know if someone here in Oklahoma, you get your ass shot. Well, generally, I would take this little pistol with me, but that night I didn't have it. And you know what? I tell people that if I did have it, I I don't. I was I was petrified. I mean, I was like uh, literally petrified. So would I have pulled it and shot? Well, I, I don't know. I, I I have no. I don't. I don't know that I would have. I never. I never felt like it wanted to hurt us, that it just was shocked and wanted to get away. But it's still, it's immense size and its proximity to my, my late wife and things like that was unnerving as hell. What's interesting, though, about that is your reaction. If I would have had the gun, I don't know what I would try to shoot it. When you listen to a lot of Bigfoot encounters, with hunters who have guns, high-powered rifles, high-powered rifles, and some of these guys, you know, one of the uh, one of the most some of the most famous stories. Uh, what, what's his name? Like, gosh, he's deceased now. He just passed away. One of the most famous Bigfoot encounters. You know, he's in a tree stand, you know, waiting to, to shoot a deer. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, is it? Uh, oh gosh, I can't remember his name. Down to Louisiana. Yeah, and 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 this thing is within fifty yards of him, and he's got a gun and. I mean, he easily could have shot it, but a lot of these people are like, "Look, I'm I'm, I'm worried that I don't have a high enough powered rifle caliber the situation yeah. to, to yeah. you know I'm worried I'm I'm going to make it mad. If Just I make it mad. Twenty. Right. I mean, you think about it. If you if all you have is a twenty two rifle or something like that, right? You're going to and it's kind it's kind of like the scene in Blazing Saddles where right, Cleavon Little's going to go out and Gene Wilder says, "No, you're just going to make him mad. Whatever you do, don't shoot him." Why not? Because you're right. just going to make Mongo mad. Right. It's, it's kind of that, that whole thing is that the other thing is that people have said is that I would have shot it, but its face looked too human. It just mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that just didn't seem right to do. Now, you're out in the woods and, and, a, and a bear is, is acting aggressively and coming at you. People don't have any problems squeezing off a shot. No. If not, if not only to hit it, but to scare it. But for some wow. reason, people freeze 
when they see and when they're when they're faced in what would describe as a monster. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can like see the intelligence in this thing's face. I mean, they know. Yeah, it, 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 it was almost like my bad. This is not supposed to happen. I'm out, guys. Sorry. It was just, it, it, it all happened so, so fast. You know, it wasn't, this isn't like right. a three minute deal or a two minute deal. This is like, I don't know. Maybe you've told us and maybe you didn't. Now you're, you're kind of just floating at what speed are you moving down the river? I mean, so very, very slow, slow. like a slow, like a slow, slow walking pace. Okay. So okay. when you encounter this thing, it isn't like you're speeding by it. It's right there. Yeah, and if it, and so the, I guess the, the scary thing for me, if I was in your situation, is if this thing wanted to, it could have just stepped into the water and snatched you right well, up. Well, if it can pick a deer yeah. up and or, smack yeah. it against a tree, it could easily pick up two canoes. Well, I mean, the, we just <laughs> think of this way. Yeah. Let's just do some basic physics. You know, they, they have said that what a, the average gorilla, you know, the average gorilla could, you know, if you could actually get it to lay down on a bench press, and put weights on it and say, okay, we want you to press this, compress over a thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, the, right. average, the average gorilla could, you know, silverback could, yeah. if you could get it to lay down on a bench and, you know, get somebody to put a thousand pounds on there, that it could, it could press a thousand pounds. Now that is a, that is a creature that is five foot, five and a half foot tall, uh, 300, 400 pounds, maybe. And now you're saying, well, let's compare and contrast that to something six, eight, nine, ten foot tall, and weighs eight hundred to a thousand pounds. How strong is that thing? Oh well, yeah. We know see, what I, what? Go ahead. I'm like, sorry. I was just gonna say what I saw was probably in the six, 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 eight, uh, and I guesstimated for him. Weight, I'm not as good on. Uh, height, I do measurements very well. I've been a ceramic tile man my entire life, so I measure. Uh, hundreds of times a day i know measurements and what i saw was about six 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 eight over the top in its stocky build and and it was probably 500 pounds but uh it's strength limitations at the time i was looking at it it didn't look like it had any it looked like it (laughs) it looked like it could push a tree over it looked like it could do and i also normally tell people when i talk about the rock throws was uh either one of them uh, whoever won the shot put in the last olympics mm-hmm. could not have thrown this rock yeah go pick up a 40 yeah. pound rock and see yeah. how far you can throw it it, it couldn't happen no, I mean, well look i go in the weight room i go in the weight room all the time and you know and and i swing a 40 42 pound kettlebell right and, you know uh, let me tell you something i couldn't throw a 42 pound kettlebell very far and that's even got the handle on it where you could get a nice, you know, rocking swing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he's talking about something coming oh, yeah. through the trees. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Down it's insane. The river. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. When you yeah. think about it, we hey, talked hey, about hey, this hey. on the other show. I mean, you just look at the strength of just your average chimpanzee. Oh, yeah. They rip your arm off, you know. Oh, so, definitely. Yeah. So the interesting <clears> thing about this, your encounter is that, you know predators, and you and you have to think that Sasquatch is a predator if it's if it's grabbing deer and crunching them up, and you know people. Right. Uh, this thing's a, this thing's a predator. It's a predator because it's got its eyes in the front of its head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got its eyes in the front of its head. Um, so you know, it, it, you got to think to yourself, predators that get surprised. You know, if you're walking along a trail and you startle a grizzly bear, its first instinct's not to run. If you startle it. 
it'll kill you. Mm. Now, maybe it won't kill you. Maybe it'll just beat the hell out of you, drag you off, and then leave you alone. No, I think it'll kill you. Yeah, probably. But I've watched those shows that I'm lucky to be alive or, or you know, attacked by this or whatever. You know, I was prey is the, is the show. Yeah. And you think to yourself, you know, anytime you startle a predator, especially a large predator, you got to think it's going to be a bad result. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this thing was startled and did not act aggressively, you should feel very lucky. Well, it yeah, it was, it, it, it uh, you know, it held its, what I would consider held its composure well, real well, just silently stood and, and took two steps and was gone. Well, I think uh, that shows a, a certain level of intelligence, too, that you right. know what I'm saying, that to know that it's not in danger, and that you pose no real threat with a paddle. And, and, and you talk about it, uh, uh, intelligence on the, the rock throws. I tell people, if you're going to push me on, well, why would Bigfoot be standing there with a rock and throw it at you? Uh, on these two instances, because of the size of the rock and all of that, I think they were laying in wait uh, behind some bushes or trees or whatever on a known game trail to them with a large rock waiting to pounce on a deer or slam it with this rock and then go from there. And then when me and my girlfriend come floating by there and we're talking and yucking it up and all of that, he's like a, uh, a human hunter. Like, well, uh, this is screwed up now. There's not a deer going to come by here. You know, you son of a bitch and throw the rock out of frustration. That's, and uh, that's probably you're probably right on with that. Uh, that I can't I can't come, I, I've tried and I thought about it and I really can't come up with any other good explanation. Oh, and the rock when I said I was making a point that there wasn't any other rocks to be thrown in that one area when we floated down and it was falling along beside us. When we got to a little inlet, there was a man-made laid rock inlet where. Uh, you know, for erosion purposes. And it was like those, that, those rocks in that inlet deal right there look exactly like what got thrown straight at us. It was like it took it from there, walked upstream a quarter mile and hung out and hid in a, in a, in a, in his goodie spot, you know, waiting for a deer. That's so. So, so imagine number one, just being able to bend down and pick up a 40 pound rock and then carry it for a quarter mile. Right. You know, like that would not be fun, especially through the woods and, and stuff or along the yeah. creek or whatever. I mean, you're talking about something that's uh, beyond what we can even imagine. Yeah, very strong. Right. Yeah. So, right. so how, so the finding uh, Bigfoot people come, what, so what, do they do as far as an investigation into what your story was and did they find anything or? Well, they, they, I have four kayaks and Renee went on another little mission deal and, uh, I floated with, uh, the three men, uh, in our kayaks and I showed them places and spots and, and whereabouts, you know, and, um, uh, you know, they went out on their own and did a daytime and a nighttime. Then west of here, there's a casino, uh, Lucky Star Casino. It's probably 30 miles, maybe 40 from here. And they got permission from 
uh, the Native Americans to go out on their land behind there. And uh, then there's a town south of Norman, Oklahoma called Lindsay. It's probably 100 miles from, from this casino. They went down there and did some daytime, nighttime. And uh, they gathered hair from all three areas. And we have, like, what I've heard is the best hair uh, analysis deal in the world. Uh, but they took them there. And when they got the results back, Cliff told me point blank to my face that it came. I said, what did they come back as? And he said, unknown but related. Wow. This is from a place that if you take them a baboon hair, it's going to say baboon. If you take them, uh, uh, you know, uh, a horse hair, it's going to spit it out as a horse. And he told me to my face, unknown but related. The episode comes out and it says that they were compromised and kind of too degraded to tell. That's bullshit. It sounds like it. Oh my god! And, and, I mean, they did and, what DNA sequencing on that? Either right, it right. is what it is, or it's coming up unknown. Something they don't okay. have any classification for. So they left that. Well, other than saying it was unknown, but uh, uh, I mean, other than saying that there was some relation or whatever that uh, that it was too degraded to tell. So uh, another deal that they left out was that when I catered for them one night, I told them, I was like, you know, I've seen y'all uh, leave gifts out for them and apples and hoop for them and done the stick deal, got blessed by medicine men before you went out, stuck a monkey in the woods. I said, what I haven't seen you done? They were like, moneymaker was like, yeah, what? I said, I haven't ever seen you polygraph anyone. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, you set up a polygraph I'll take it. If I fail, I pay for it. If I pass, you pay for it. If I fail, don't put it in the show. If I pass, put it in the show. And they were, the whole crew was stunned. They run with about 20 people and it, you could hear a pin drop there for a while. And he was like, that's the first time in over three years that anybody's offered that. He said, I'm going to make some phone calls. And then it was never brought up again. Hmm. They went with this, crappy hair samples or excellent hair samples. You take your pick. Uh, because I, I don't know from what I was told to what came out in the show. Now, Renee, when I catered for him down in Lindsay, Oklahoma, which this family says that they see them all sizes, all colors, brown ones, black ones, gray ones, uh, youth adults, uh, all of this on their property. And uh, they did a daytime deal there and a nighttime deal there. But Renee stayed in a travel trailer that the family owned one night. And I came down and catered for them the next day. And Renee and I was eating on the, off the tailgate of my truck. Everybody else was kind of away from us. And I said, well, did y'all come up with anything today or anything like that? And she was just kind of in a whispering voice that I'm, I'm still shook up from what happened last night. And I thought she was talking about something they did out in the field or whatever. And I was like, well, you got to tell me what's going on. And she was like, oh, you haven't heard. And then she started looking around at everybody like, mm, not knowing 
whether I really should tell you this or not. And uh, I was like, what? What happened? And she said, well, I was doing my, and I, I'm not real tech savvy, so I don't know what it was, but it was a, a podcast or whatever you call it, where she's on, you can look at her and it's on film or on the computer and she's answering and replying to questions. And she said, you can see me on the video and I'm, we're in the middle of this and she's in that trailer. And then she said something just plopped on the front side of the trailer, the front end of it. And she said, best I can tell you, it sounded like a wet mop slapping against the trailer. And she said, you can see me in the video look that direction. And then she said, you can also see me in the video watch it she said it it sounded like it plopped on the front and then drug it all the way down the full uh 30 foot length of the trailer and when it got to the back it shoved it like it was shoving itself off of it and she said you can see me look at it when it plops watch it all the way down and then she could you can see my head shake you know, move as the whole trailer moves when it pushes off the back. And I was like, what the hell did you do? And she said, I ran to the door, slung it open, and there was nothing there. And then she told me to look over there, Jim. And I was like, yeah, uh, what's the deal? It had been raining in Oklahoma the whole time they were here, pretty much off and on. And she said that where the trailer was, seven foot from it, it was freshly poured gravel. I mean, like these people must have got this gravel that week. Freshly poured gravel. But from the gravel to the door was flat, slimy-topped uh, red clay. If anything had touched that clay, it, 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 would be, it would be there. And she said, after seeing that there's nothing there, she said, I'd look down at the, at the ground immediately and there's no prints, no marks, no nothing in, in that red clay. She said, whatever did that had to have been standing seven foot away. She said, first thing I did after that was grab my measuring tape and measure the distance from the trailer to that gravel. And she said, whatever made that sound, whatever raked its hand or whatever down the length of that trailer was standing on that gravel. Mm, mm, mm. Not a peep of that in the show. See, all that should have been that should have been told. You yeah, know, something that that I've always wondered about that show is you see the cast of the show and they're walking through the woods, and somebody's filming them. Oh yeah, most yeah. And so my question is: Is anybody out there have a damn gun? You know, I didn't see one because you know and the thing is there. I mean, and, and, and look, you really think they, Do you really think? Okay, look, we went out with a group of how many people? Yeah, and but, we didn't expect to see anything because no, we didn't go we out didn't. there with all those. But keep people. this in mind: there's nothing indigenous to that part of Ohio that's going to get you. You know what I mean? There's no wolves. There's no bobcats. There's is, no is bears. When you're out there no... in a group of more than five or six people. You're not really nothing. You're not going to surprise anything. Yeah, man. I, that's I, why I say about that finding Bigfoot crew. Yeah. They they roll with a a, a group of twenty. Mm-hmm. Now, not not all twenty of them go out. They're, you know, supporting cast, moving equipment, this and that. But they're all in the area. 
mm-hmm. 20 of them, you know? Uh, well, and I think, I think our, you know, and, and we can't speak because we weren't there or whatever, but we know, I mean, you know, from the angle of the television show that Renee is supposed to be the skeptic and you can't, right. can't really have her be a skeptic if she had her own experience. Now, of course, but it would be a great one. nugget. True. We could, I, we could, the, Hey, the hair sample is a great nugget. Yeah. You know? I mean, we're, everybody's crying about well, what proof is there. You yourself saw they, you know, firsthand that they had proof. Firsthand. Well, you don't even need that. You don't need that proof because you saw the thing from three feet, five feet away. Right. You know, uh, it seems to me like they just want to ignore any relevant proof that they can do I, to actually prove. I'm going to give you, an, I'm sorry. I'm going to give you another one uh, 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 on this uh, line of stuff here yeah. is that there was a video from that uh, casino that was on a, a security video. And they, and this is where it gets kind of crazy, but they measured from the cement to the light, uh, where this lit up in the back of the casino, that was 11 and a half foot in the video. There's a big foot walking that takes a slight dip with his head, not to touch that light and walks over and rummages in a, in a uh, dumpster. Now, what I was told was that Moneymaker bought that video from the Indians out here. And immediately it was wiped from everywhere on the internet. I couldn't find it anywhere. I could find recreations. There was a recreation of it. And I found it and watched it. But I don't even find it anymore. Hmm. Really? Now, it was... Um... I don't remember what it's, it hasn't been very many episodes to go on Sasquatch Chronicles and Wes uh, interviewed the one guy who was an investigator for the BRF or BFRO. And the reason he came on the show was to basically complain that he would turn in evidence from, from investigations. And a lot of it had to do with the orbs and the lights that people mm-hmm. seemingly frequently report. None of that stuff would ever show up in the in the written and final uh, reports. And they said it's like, you know, they had, the, you know, and, and like I said, I don't know this. All no one knows, knows what we hear. It, it's, it's almost like they have a, uh, uh, a theory that they want to stick to, and that's what, that's the only thing they're going to listen to. That's it's like the only they have a directive of their own, yeah. and it's not exactly finding out what's real and what's not real. Mm. Yeah. I'm just real. I'm real skeptical about, about them about, you know, what I consider the suppression of information. And, and like I say, I'm passionate about laying tile and making people's houses look pretty. I'm passionate about catering and food. That's what I do. I'm really not passionate about Bigfoot, but when I called the finding Bigfoot crew and why I called them was, Hey, these people are, you know, and, and me, I didn't know it, and I was kind of new to the whole deal. I was like, these people are really passionate about this. This is their thing. I'm going to call them and tell them what I experienced, and they're going to uh, 
uh, run with it or they're not. And, you know, like I said, I'll be damned. They don't call me like two, three days later, moneymaker and says, can you tell me that story that you left on that recording last night? And I was like, yeah, I can tell it to you. And, uh, you know, the rest is history on that deal. But I, I just, I have a real bad taste in my mouth about what I consider suppressing information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, right now, and we've interviewed enough guests and listened to enough stuff that right now there are two schools of thought about Sasquatch. And, and one school of thought is that Sasquatch is some paranormal, supernatural creature that is that somehow is causally connected or there's a nexus between them and these orbs. And then there's a school of thought, which is BFRO, which is these are just simply biological creatures. They're a a lost primate or an undiscovered primate, and there's not a damn thing supernatural about them. And depending upon which camp you're in, I think you look at certain evidence and you dismiss it because Mm -hmm. it doesn't fit your narrative. You know, you have a narrative that you know, hey, listen, I think these things are supernatural beings. And I think, you know, from when I was on Wes's show, I think Wes is, is convinced now that there is a there is a nexus between these orbs and Sasquatch. Now, what is that nexus and what do those orbs represent? Mm-hmm. But there's one thing we're, that, that everybody, we talked to Linda Godfrey, who's the, the, the godmother of Dogman, and she's, and she blew my mind that she basically is convinced that there's a nexus between these orbs and dogmen. And I think Wes is, is too. And so you say, well, okay, if these, what are these orbs? Cause these orbs are not biological, you know, entities, you know, so that runs completely opposite of what the BFR is doing. So I think probably, you know, they're going to, they're going to screen the evidence and, and present it in, in a narrative that fits what their belief system is. Well, I think Jim's experiences, no matter if Bigfoot got there through a spaceship or a hole in the space-time continuum, <laughs> that by the time Jim ran into him, he was pretty much a physical, a physical being. Well, but yeah, but both. I mean, yeah. keep in mind, yeah. both camps believe that Bigfoot is a physical yeah. being. Yeah. The question is, where, where, what's its yeah. genesis, and where does it come from? Does it does it cross over through some sort of, you know? you know, veil through these orbs or something versus this is just a straight, you know, biological creature and it falls within the evolutionary scale. And just because we, you know, one of those things. Well, don't discount the third uh, criteria there. There's a school of thought out there that it's a little of both uh, at different times. Like maybe when they come into this plane of existence, um, they're more energy. You'll have the orbs or some type of a residue to show that there's something, you know, not quite right that gets them here. That's why we can't find them where they're hiding. But uh, when they are here, and that's all said and done, they are just as physical as you and I. There's some people that believe that as well. It'd be interesting if if someone took a page from, from a ghost paranormal investigation and tried to measure, like, electromagnetic energy, electromagnetic field, if, but the problem is we don't we don't we get these Bigfoot sightings and stories like Jim's telling us if if we would have gotten it within ten minutes of him telling it and had somebody on site with certain calibration machines where we could test electromagnetic but that's never going to happen 
You know what I mean? Now, there's a difference between going to a haunted location. Right. And taking Right. Absolutely. Because those, because Set assuming. Up, you can prepare for that. Well, but you, but you also say, well, listen, if there is some sort of paranormal entity there, it's still there. Right. Versus, you know, uh, you know harken back to an episode of Star Trek where they were trying to, you know, find a Klingon vessel by, that cloaked itself by whatever energy it would emit, and mm-hmm. they could trace you just it. Just really jump the shark here. No, no I'm, I'm listen, following him. I was a Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I'm following. Me and like Star Trek. Tachyon emissions. <laughs> but but you get what I'm saying is is, yeah. is that something you could not see, but you could still track it through certain things. And yeah, with Bigfoot, yeah, and yes. you do that. You do that in the paranormal with ghost mm-hmm. findings and stuff. So, well, irregardless of whether Bigfoot showed up. On the Enterprise, <laughs> or or he was just camping in the woods outside of Oklahoma City. Wow! I, I gotta say, Jim, I look. I'm glad that you didn't withhold any evidence, like the the BFRO. Now, and, be careful. The BFRO come after you. Why well, they? Right. You're the judge. You're. I'm Listen, in Crawford man, County. The, there is. We live in a in, in the era of cancel culture, and they will try to cancel us. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they'll take all our sponsors away. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> Gotta have them in order to take them. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. We're sponsored by what? Uh, Evil Spirits Mash Liquor. Evil Spirits Mash Liquor. Yeah, you might have to bring that uh, commercial out again. All right. but, but, Jim, hey, thanks for coming on and sharing, uh, sharing these experiences because, I mean, they're great. I mean, I, I can't believe... I gotta be honest. I can't believe we're still going up and down the river, Jim. It's been fascinating. It has. It's just Jim's story is great. Is that he's telling us where he saw it, and he he didn't see it where the hot spot would be. He saw it in a very unusual place. Yeah, right. You know, I see it in a place that you know. There's a little bit of stigma attaching to someone saying that they saw a bigfoot or something. Anyway, well, try to say you saw a bigfoot in Oklahoma City city limits. (laughs) lace that shoe up and and, and try that on for size so uh but and back to that supernatural deal supernatural bigfoot my unprofessional opinion no dog man and supernatural yes well it's interesting you say that so once we uh get done with this episode here i think we're going to jump on the patreon and talk a little bit about a possible dogman sighting you had so yeah. well, I've, you, I've enjoyed speaking with you so if anybody wants to uh hear about jim's dogman experience come join us on patreon because it'll be up here in uh, sometime in january yes so, it will. but for now we're going to end this episode thank jim for uh jim thanks man thanks, jim for joining yeah, thanks us. i appreciate you for coming on you've been a great guest well, well thanks judge and shane and, and and jason uh enjoyed it and Happy hunting for you, man. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, we might have to come out to Oklahoma City and do some night floating. I'm going to tell you, someone someone that is in the field, is passionate about it and everything else, needs to check this area out. Because it seems, you know, people talk about the migrating and this and that and their range. And if you ask me, this one just stays here. Oh, boy. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, Jim. I'll take you out. Thanks. You bet. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.